This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. For those that are fairly new to the church, maybe maybe checking us out, normally, one of the things that we do is, I can honestly say this, we're not religious. So I don't get stuck... I don't get stuck feeling pressure to do a specific message on a specific long weekend. Now, some years I do a Thanksgiving message. This year, I'm not. Um, because I really felt like God wants to say something to us as a church. Um, how many were glued to their mobile devices or their TVs in the last four or five days watching Hurricane Matthew come in? Um, I mean, many of you were, I'm sure, glued to the, the sets. We obviously, we don't have cable, but being in Portland, we saw everything that was going on, and uh, obviously it was devastating, but I think just seeing those images of those palm trees being blown over and, and, the, and literally the, the water getting higher and higher and the winds getting stronger and stronger, um, but there was two things that stood out to me when we were watching this past week, two things in particular. Number one was the the video of the 225-kilometer-an-hour winds knocking things all over the place. So what you could literally see a couple times was the reporters trying to report on what was happening, and they're literally shaking in the wind. They're, they're just going back and forth trying to hold their position in front of the camera, and they couldn't, they couldn't stand still. They were just shaking in the wind. The second thing was this. Um, it always amazes me how people ignore the warning signs. And I thought to myself, the governor of Florida put out a warning to everyone along that eastern coast to get out. And they figure about 25% of the people did. And the 75% of the people stayed. And I, and, I, and I thought to myself, well, why would they do that? And I thought to myself, well, for some of them, been there 30, 40, 50 years. They've been through the hurricane season every fall. And they've probably gone through this 100 times over. And they're just thinking, yeah, we can, we can figure it out. But how many know that every once in a while, a bigger storm comes? One that they, those shutters on the outside of their windows is not going to be prepared good enough for, and, and it may not work. And one of the people that died in Florida was a person that was staying in their, t- their trailer, thinking, I'm going to be fine, and a tree came down on top of their trailer and crushed them inside their trailer. And I'm thinking to myself, you didn't heed the warnings. The warnings were obvious. I remember when Katrina came, President Bush got on the television, on the radio, on every, every means possible within the last 48 hours and said, get out of New Orleans. And half the people listened, and half the people didn't. And I thought to myself, what are we doing? And as I saw that shaking, and as I saw that ignoring, uh, ignoring of, of, of warnings, I started thinking about my life. I started thinking about the seasons in my life that I've gone through, and the shaking that God does in our life and why he shakes our life, and why he starts to shake things uh, in our lives, and why sometimes I ignored him, and why sometimes you ignore him. And then I thought to myself, God, what are you doing? I started processing through this, and I've had several conversations in the last couple of months with different people in the church, over for coffee, maybe at our house, in our living room, uh, you know, out for breakfast, or wherever, and I keep coming back to the same theme like right now, God is in this period where he is shaking the church. He's shaking us. And if I can say this morning, he's not shaking us to frustrate us. 
He's not shaking us because he's upset at us. He's not shaking us because he wants us to get so frustrated that we give up all hope and, and say, I don't want to serve or live this life anymore. He is shaking us to see what foundation we're standing on. Amen? He's shaking us to see what's on the inside of us. How many know that when God shakes us, he already knows what's on the inside of us? He's shaking us so that we know what's on the inside of us. How many know that we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions? Of course, there's no one in this room like that, right? But oftentimes what happens is is we don't have the courage to look in the mirror, be self-aware and say, this is really what I'm going, this is really what I'm like, and this is really what my attitude is like, and this is really how I'm feeling. And so God starts to shake things, and you start to realize that your foundation is in something other than Him. Certain things start to be revealed in that process. I know I shared this during the Lego uh, series, which I had fun with, um, but one of the most incredible things that Josiah and I had a chance to see and watch in action was this earthquake game where they literally had everyone building these buildings, and then they'd push this button, and the whole bottom, the foundation that thing, that thing was on would start to shake, and most of these kids' uh, buildings usually came down fairly quickly, but you know what was always funny when I was watching this? I noticed that the kids were way more excited about the shaking moment than the parents were. The kids were looking at it like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And the parents are like, oh, no, you know, you can just see them. And I think to myself, we've got to be just like children. And when God comes and shakes, be excited about what's on the other side. Not get worried about what God's going to reveal in our heart again and what God, the moment we're going to go through again. But God wants to reveal something to us. You can see the look of worry on the parents' faces. But you can see the excitement in the kids' eyes. And that's what... God wants us to be like. I don't know about you, but we've seen not only through the earthquake from six years ago in Haiti, and we've seen through now the hurricane that's just come through in Haiti with Hurricane Matthew, but how many know that man's attempts to build buildings that are earthquake-proof and hurricane-proof don't always work out? Right? It only shows that there's something in humanity and what we can create that at the end of the day is still shakable. But we need to have a firm foundation on someone who is unshakable, Jesus Christ. Do you believe that this morning? There's a lot of things that we say yes to, hence a busy life. I think there's more things we should just say no to. But anyhow, that's a a topic for another day. There's a lot of things that we say yes to, but I want to challenge you this morning. Say yes to being shaken. Say yes to the shaking of God because God has incredible plans for your life and what he wants to do is shake all the other stuff out so that what remains is solid, unshakable, unchanging and God can use it. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 26 to 28. You can read it on the screen behind you. It says this, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. He's making another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping with holy fear and awe. There's my Thanksgiving message right there. Be thankful. Okay. All right. We're moving right along. All right. That's good. There. So I got it in there. 
I got it in there, just kind of slide it in. Be thankful. Okay, moving right along. God wants you to be unshakable. I love how the Message Bible puts this. It says it like this. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings, like the governor's of Florida's warning, didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time he's told us quite plainly, he'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning. Getting rid of all the historical and religious junk. So that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, Thanksgiving, got it? But brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. Why? Because God himself is fire. God himself is fire. What's he shaking? What's he, what's he removing? Everything that's temporary. Why? So that what is permanent remains. God's promise is to remove everything that would prevent us from doing what he has planned and purposed for our life. How many know that if we saw the big picture of our life right now, we would probably run in the opposite direction? Let's be honest. Come on. If God showed you what his plan, his purpose, his call is for your life, we would look at that and say, there is no way on the planet that I can do that. So I'm going to just go in the opposite direction. But what we don't understand is that God ultimately knows what, what filters we've placed in our lives, what situations and circumstances we've hidden behind, what experiences we've used as excuses, and, and all of those things that God is saying, okay, I'm going to burn that stuff away so that you can have not only pure heart of love towards me, towards others, but also towards the plan and purpose of God for your life. How many know that if you don't have a purity in your perspective on the purpose of God for your life, the only thing you're going to do is fall into the, the, the trap of comparing? It's the only thing we can do. Well, I'm not like them. It's okay. You're not called to be like me. If there was more than one of me, I feel bad for all of you. Right? You know what I'm saying? Okay, you're supporting that comment way too much. That's not good. All right, I don't like that. All right, all right. My, hurt, my feelings are hurt. But anyhow, author Joey Bonifacio, who is a great Christian author, lives in the Philippines, is part of an incredible church called Victory Church under Steve Morell. He wrote a book um, on connection, and he said this, God's intent is not to shake us, to break us, but to bring us to new levels of life in Him. To break through to a higher level of life requires power, supernatural power, that humans in our own strength are incapable of producing. Amen? So there's three voices in this process that God wants to expose and remove. Expose and remove in our life. Are you ready for these? Number one, the voice of feeling. If I can put it a different way, if it feels good. The voice of feeling. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be run by emotions. I'm going, to, I, I'm going to get to that place where I can't control my feelings. Right? 
Just listen to Taylor Swift. The, every song is, is that point. Never, ever, ever getting back together. Come on, that's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? If you want to understand what life is like by feelings, just listen to Taylor Swift, and I don't recommend it, okay? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Bless her, Lord. Bring her to Jesus. Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There is a path before each person that seems right. Seems right, but it ends in death. Just like that lady in Florida. There's a path that seems right. Someone who is led by feelings are ultimately not led by the Word of God. Amen? Feelings are opposed to the Word of God. Now, think about this for a second. God's created us with emotions. Are they bad things? No. But they have to be in alignment with the plan and purpose of God for your life. They have to be in alignment with His Word, and they have to be in alignment with His will. Right? We cannot be aligned to our feelings. We have to be aligned to God's Word and God's will, and then our feelings will come into alignment with it. Right? How many have ever seen a person that's in a, in a rage yelling at someone um, like in the room and then their cell phone rings and in the moment of yelling and screaming, they pick up their phone and, hey, how's it going? It's amazing to me that you can flip from one emotion to the other in literally half a second. But yet that's how many Christians walk and live their life. We're completely run by our emotions. The second thing that the second voice that God wants us to deal with and remove is the voice of the senses. In other words, if it looks good. It's not just if it feels good, if it looks good. The problem with looking good is that many things in our world and our culture look good. Right? But how many know that that $49,000 vehicle that you don't really need, even though it looks really good in the shop, on display... Won't help your financial situation for the next seven years if you go for it. But man, does it ever look good. Man, it looks good. It feels good. And it looks good just to press send. Until the person knocks on your front door. And then it doesn't feel so good anymore. Amen? Without discernment, we can fall for many things. And what I want you to capture this morning is that God is shaking those things that you depend on that are in alignment with what feels good and what in alignment with what looks good. I don't know about you, but remember the story of Genesis uh, and Eve, Adam and Eve, and it literally says that the fruit looked good to Eve, so she ate. It looked good. Of course it looked good. Absolutely. It was a Macintosh. Of course it looked good. Like, come on. So she took it and ate it. But her senses were deceived because she didn't listen to the word of God. It's not just enough to have discernment. You have to remove yourself from those influences that would be ungodly and influencing in a way outside of the things of God. How many know that over time things happen very subtly and very slowly, but you get to the end and you're like, what just happened? Right? The third voice that God wants to expose and remove is the voice of philosophy. In other words, if it sounds good. So not just if it feels good, not just if it looks good, but if it sounds good. Colossians 2.8 says this, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Philosophy says, if it sounds good, follow it. Humanism. 
moral relativism, subjectivism, tolerance. Man, it sounds good, but it is so foreign to Scripture. So foreign. Completely against what the Bible would talk about. What we need is a biblical worldview based on a perfect cornerstone, and that guy's name is Jesus Christ. So whatever he says goes in my books. You know, I've, I've lived a very simple life. I literally have this, have this in the front of my Bible, um, and it literally says this. If the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. And that's how I've lived my life. The Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Period, end of story. And that's how we need to live our lives. What does the Bible say? What's God's perspective on this issue? Because what often happens is we actually build a foundation in our life that's based upon philosophies from the world, cultural norms, cultural ideas, cultural ideologies, but it doesn't line up with Christ. And then God starts to shake our lives and we go, what are you doing? Don't take that from me. And he's saying, no, just lay it down. Lay it down and let me replace it with truth. Amen? God wants to remove everything that can be shaken. He wants to do that thorough house cleaning. He wants to remove that historical and religious junk. He wants to torch everything that needs to burn. Amen? Amen. How many know that we live in a world that has a very definite opinion on a, a lot of things? I had a very interesting conversation with someone down in the U.S. This fellowship that we're part of is based out of the United States, so the majority of pastors at this conference were American. And one guy came up to me and says, so what's your opinion on the U.S. election? <laughs> How long do you got? I got about 15 minutes. I could do the Reader's Digest version, I guess. That's all good. So I said, um, I know this is going to sound kind of rude, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to be rude. And I'll just say sorry after because I'm a good Canadian. Um, but... Um, <laughs> I said, out of 337 million people, are these the best two options that you can come up with? Seriously? That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But what we're seeing, if I can be so bold, we're seeing the judgment of God on America. And don't, don't think, oh, we're further ahead. Actually, the judgment of God came on us a many, number of years ago. And we're still experiencing the judgment of God on certain things. I was heartbroken, to put it nicely, when we just heard recently the Conservative Party's stance on certain social issues that have changed for the first time in their history. And I went, what in the world are we coming to? So now we went from having a left, center, and right to having a way left, a left, and a slightly center, maybe a little bit left. <laughs> what options do we have? And I think to myself, what is going on? And you have to understand that the culture's goal is to infiltrate your thinking so that you start to align your thoughts and align your opinions and align the things that you do. If I can say it like this, can I flip this around for a second? The things that you like on Facebook, would Jesus like them? Go ahead. I'm saying, go ahead. I said, you go, come on now. You know what I'm saying? When we were at this one service, this one guy who was so white, he was whiter than white, he was whiter than the most white person on the face of the planet but he dressed like he was from the hood. You know what I'm saying? So he gets up there and he says, guys, just to encourage me, just say, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, come here. If you're going to encourage me, say, go ahead. go ahead. Okay, here we go. But I have lost count how many times people like things on Facebook or comment on Facebook or, or, or comment on different things. And I, the first thing I think of is, 
okay, who are you aligning yourself to? Because that's not Scripture. That's not the Bible. Well, 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 you know, we don't want to make them feel bad. That's okay. We don't have to make them feel bad. We can love them into healing. I honestly believe that God is setting this church up to be so incredibly, overwhelmingly gracious and loving, even in the way that we declare the truth of God, that it will absolutely disarm the defenses of the people we talk to. Do you believe that? Because if we give them half-truth, a quarter-truth, 20% truth, or 3% truth, guess what? The Bible says, John 8, 32, that unless they experience the truth, they'll never be set free. I don't know about you, but I want a city that's free. So the only way that's going to come is when we align ourselves to scriptural uh, precedences and scriptural philosophies that are based upon the truth of Jesus Christ. But if we get caught up into this, this kind of fitting in, how many know that there's going to be pressure on you at work to fit in? There's going to be pressure on you with your family members to fit in, Right? How many know for those who are in school, Maeve, hello, you're going to have pressure to fit in. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fit in. I want to, I want to, I want to just be, I want to get to the end of my life, stand before Jesus Christ, and he looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. That is all I'm after. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about what people say about me on this earth. I hope they say nice things. If they don't, I'm okay with that. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to love with such an incredible graciousness and compassion for people that even if they disagree with me, by the end of that conversation, we're going to hug and be tearing up because that's what I want to see. Because how many know that we have to embrace and engage, we have to engage our culture, but not embrace our culture. We engage our culture. I just feel like, I know this in some ways be heavy coming out of the Lego series, but I just feel so strongly in my heart of hearts and in my spirit, God is shaking us. He's shaking the church. He's not shaking us because he's upset. He's shaking us to see what is in us. And I honestly believe that many of us think that we're far further along the path with God than we actually are. And some of us have right ideas but the wrong motive. How many know that God wants to reveal even that in your heart? There's five things. I know we just talked about three voices, but I'm going to end with five things that God specifically wants to remove from our life so that we can walk in his plan and purpose. The re- the, and I'm going to use a little bit of the biblical, biblical Christianese for a second, if that's okay. I'm actually going to use the biblical words, so if it, it reads weird to you, I'll explain it, okay? Number one is to remove the leaven from your houses. What in the world was the leaven? Well, I'm going to read a couple of verses, then I'm going to explain it in a second. Exodus 12:15. it says, On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. Oh, that's a pretty clear direction. Matthew 16, 6, Jesus confirming it. He said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Leaven is typically a yeast that is added to to dough to make it rise. So when we're talking about leaven, we're talking about um, a, a persistent influence in your life that modifies something or transforms it. Okay? It is a persistent influence in your life that either modifies something, or a philosophy or a thought pattern in your life, or transforms it. So it's saying remove any persistent influence from your life that is far from God. Amen? 
So what can those things be? Well, it can be anything. It can be uh, some small issues. It can be large, unchecked issues if we don't deal with it. It could be attitudes. It could be hurts. It could be offenses. It could be friendships. It could be religious spirit. It could be a whole pile of different things. Second thing is this. Remove the plank in your own eye. I feel like sitting down with Donald Trump and saying, Donald, 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 the, 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 the plank that is in your eye just grew overnight in the last 48 hours. Deal with your own issues. Hillary, 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 Hillary. Where's the 30,000 emails, Hillary? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, sounds like your husband. Anyhow, getting back on, getting back on, focus. Uh, Focus, focus, Lord Jesus. Let it not be political today. Luke 6.42, okay, thank you, Jesus. Oh, boy. How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? There's a little Christian word there that we don't like to say. Hypocrite. We'll call it the H-bomb. Okay. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. So what is that? Assumptions of people? A judgmental spirit? Critical spirit when you say one thing and do another? Oh, happy day! Woo-hoo. Come on, give me a go ahead. Oh, that's it. That's it right now. The third thing is this. Remove sorrow from your life. Remove sorrow from your life. Proverbs 10.22, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. So this could be trouble that people inflict on you that cause hurt feelings, leading to anger, grief, spite, and sorrow. Sorrow often leads to discouragement, frustration, and hopelessness. So God starts to shake situations because you know why he wants to do that? He wants you to get to the root issue of what is actually going on. Not how you perceive it, not how you feel about it, not how you think about it, not how you, uh, your senses interpret it, but what is actually going on. And if I, I can be honest and say, in my experience dealing with pastoral ministry and even a social worker before that, when you get to the root issue, it's usually about 20% of what it really was. Still there, and it's still an issue, but we usually just make it huge. And the problem is, is from that moment on, we start to lay foundation stones in our life that we start to stand on based upon how we feel about that other person or how we feel about that situation or how we feel about that circumstance. So it doesn't matter if God said, I'm going to do this. We start to kind of look at things and go, I'm not going to do that. I remember uh, many, 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 many years ago, God started dealing with my life and he started to uproot some issues. And how many know that when God reveals something to you, um, you you hear it and you go... (laughs) That's not for me. You're talking about my wife. Come on. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So there was this one moment. It was the craziest moment. We had this incredible Holy Spirit night. I was getting prayed for, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, I just see this word kind of over top of you, and I just feel like the Lord wants to uproot this issue in your life. And I'm sitting there going, on the outside, I'm like, yeah, 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 that's awesome, man. On the inside, I'm like, look out. Don't say it, bro, because I, <laughs> I may have a reaction. And you see, I see this word pretentious. And thankfully, in the moment, I was too dumb to even know what it meant. So I'm just like, whoo, yeah, that's awesome. And he says, no, that's not a good thing. I'm like, no, that's not good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't tell me that. I said, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Come on, let's be honest with us. The outside look is like, oh, I love you. And on the inside, it's like, you go ahead, you go ahead. I said, I'm going to take you down. You know what I'm saying? On the inside, we are the most attitude frustrated, problem people in the world, but Jesus is the only one who sees it. And Jesus is saying, earthquake 7.8 coming your way. And you're like, no! And he starts to shake. And you're like, um, what is the word pretentious? <laughs> so I looked it up. This was back in the day when I had to use a big book. It's called a dictionary. (laughs) So I had to flip the pages, flip the pages, and I got to page 2,338. And I looked at the word. And I responded as godly as I could. I said, Lord, take this cup from me. (laughs) In that moment, I had to be confronted with something that I never realized I had an issue with. God shakes, not because he doesn't know what you're dealing with, but because you don't know what's going on on the inside. He shakes you not to push you further away from him but to draw you closer. He shakes because he sees the potential that's on the inside of you. He shakes because he sees the ministry call that's on your life. He shakes because he sees the people he, he wants to reach through your heart, through your ministry, through the things that you have to share. He shakes. You go, but I don't like this. <sighs> I know. Goes on to the next thing, number four. He wants to remove anything that would get in the way. Hebrews 12, 1, it says, We are surrounded by a great cloud of people whose lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. Question for you this morning, what is anything? What is the anything that he's talking about? What is that? What could it be? Well, it's different for everybody. Some of you are still dealing with issues that I got over many years ago. Some of you have gotten over issues many years ago that I'm still struggling with. It's it's unique to you. It's, It's up to what God wants to do in your life. But God wants to remove it so that there's nothing holding you back from the plan and purpose of God for your life. Does anyone resonate with the shaking of God right now in your life? Put up your hand. You just feel like God is shaking something right now. That's awesome. The fifth thing is this. He wants to remove your foot from evil. Proverbs 4.27, it says, Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. And one version says, Remove your foot from evil paths. You have to deliberately walk away from situations or people or circumstances or sin issues that are going to hinder you that you know to be wrong. And if I can say it like this, um, how many know that sitting on a fence hurts? You know what I'm saying? Especially when they get the pointy, the pointy things, it really hurts. How do I know? When I was five years old, I fell on top of one of those things, 
And I, was, I could sing every New Kids on the Block song for the next 10 years. It was crazy. High falsetto, it was ridiculous. Don't sit on the fence. Make a decision. Make a decision to be all in. Amen? So what happens when you say yes to being shaken? It's awesome. Acts 16, verse 26, it says this, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. When you get your breakthrough, so does everyone else. Think about this. Oftentimes, our particular issue or the shackles that we're dealing with or the the frustrations that we're dealing with, once we get a breakthrough, the people that are connected to us or tied to our life in some way, could be family, could be friends, it could be coworkers, oftentimes see the difference and they get free. It's amazing how God works. Once you break free from your prison, God opens the prison doors for everybody else around you. Open doors of opportunity await you this morning. Do you believe it? Amen? A couple uh, chapters before that, Acts 4, 31, in the Amplified, it says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness and courage. Filled with the Holy Spirit represented freedom, resulting in the freedom from the fear of man, freedom from intimidation, freedom from accusation, and they moved with boldness and courage like never before. Do you want that this morning? It's amazing how God always repeats the same phrase. He wants to shake something. Haggai, chapter 2, verses 6 to 9. This is an Old Testament minor prophet. And this is what he says. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. And the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple I will fill this place with glory, talking about his presence, says the Lord of uh, heaven's armies. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place I will bring peace, because he's spoken. I love this. One of the things you have to understand is whenever God shakes, it's because he ultimately believes that what's ahead of you is greater than what was behind But for us, we get comfortable with what's behind because we know it, and we're comfortable with it. We've created a little kumbaya moment with s'mores around a campfire. And we just sit around that, but God is saying, listen, trust me that what's on the other side is far greater than what's behind you. Do you believe that this morning? It's far greater than what is behind you. And as a result of that, if you trust the process, God says, I'm bringing peace. How many are missing peace in their life? Don't put up your hand. That's the number one issue with most people in this culture right now. They're missing peace. And they're trying to solve it in every other way. What does God want to remove? What does he want to do? He wants to shake. I love this verse. I'm going to end with this verse. And I'm going to just ask the worship team to come up this time. We're just going to sing one last song and then end. Matthew 21, verse 10, it says this. As Jesus made his entrance into Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken. When someone is living like Jesus and loving like Jesus... The city gets shaken. Unnerved people were asking, what's going on here? Who is this? Can you imagine if we get into the city and, and the business people or the, the mayor and the city council and different key people in the city stop and say, what in the world is going on here? You know the response that we got after the extreme makeover and after the back to school bash? What in the world is going on here? from a lot of people because they see something that's different. Something doesn't make any sense. 
Jesus is going to shake this city, and it's going to happen, just so you know. He's going to shake this nation. It's going to happen. But what he wants is he wants a people that have learned how to deal with the shaking of God and have the things that must remain, remain. And the things that are temporary to be shaken off. Why? Because he'll use those people. How in the world can we help somebody else deal with the shakings of God in the city if we don't go there first? So don't look at it as if God is upset at you or God is unhappy with you or God doesn't believe in you. As a matter of fact, it's the complete opposite. I just feel like there's a lot of us going through the shaking. I honestly feel it for me. I, I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine down, down this past week and I just kind of felt like I said, you know what? I feel like my leadership ability, my pastoral ability has, has, can handle this where we're at. And I just feel like God is saying, so are you ready for the next level for your church? And of course, the ultimate response is, of course, yeah. And then he starts to say, well, are you ready for this or that or this or that? I'm like, well, in my mind I am. So sometimes God shakes even your ability to lead others around you. He's shaking me right now. He's shaking my ability to lead. Because I feel like if we're going to double overnight, which we are going to do, if we're going to get into a building and then double again, and if we're going to go multi-site in the city and start multi-site groups or churches around the city, could you imagine what this church would look like if we had a church in the West End, a church in the North End, a church downtown, and a church on the East Side? Why not? But I said, you know what I'm saying? But he's getting us ready. Because we've got to be ready. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.